0: begin sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose, and that's why each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles represent bells for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters. And each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then you'll see italicized lines. Those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlined character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really Concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, This is a form of meditation Uh, rather than silent meditation. We're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on and you say the next character and over time it becomes effortless and you'll begin to memorize it without realizing it. Okay, on page 44, we have the shiju hachigan and this literally means, shi means four, ju means ten, hachi means eight and gan means vow. So you have four tens and an eight, so that's 48 vows. As I mentioned before in other services or podcasts, this is the 48 vows of the student, the seeker, in its bookend, in front by the Sambutsuge and afterwards by the Jusege. And so these are the actual vows that this young Buddha-to-be makes. We have the two bells. And then this is a little bit more formal, but the leader will chant out, Bu Setsu muryo Jukyo. And that means the Buddha will now expound the Infinite Light Sutra. And you'll see numbers here. Now, these are different links because it's not a verse or poem, but they do all kind of share the same structure. You'll notice it all starts with setsu ga tokubutsu. When I attain Buddhahood, I make this claim or this vow. And you'll you'll see this, and how it always ends with fushu shogaku. If I don't realize this vow, may I not attain a perfect enlightenment. And so there's a common structure, and we stop at verse 20 vow 20. But I think for our podcast, we'll stop at 18. The 18th vow is very important in our tradition. And then we turn to page 46. And again, we end with Namo Amidabu, and we end with the Ekoku.
1: 仏節無量償経 Kokuchu i Chitsugu was i
0: please join me in god show nam no mandats nam no mandats nam no man dots nam no dots nam no mandats this program was presented by reverend john turner copyright 2020 orange county buddhist church anaheim california usa all rights reserved